Welcome to the Lose Weight, Live Life podcast. If you're someone who would do anything to lose weight, yet finds it impossible to stick to a diet, to eat less, or just what you think you should, this podcast is for you. I am your host, certified life and weight mindset coach, Claire McKenzie. Listen in to learn how to stop overeating, lose weight for the last time, and create a relationship with food and yourself that you love, all without diet deprivation and self-sabotage. Hi everyone and a very warm welcome to podcast episode 128, Dissecting Your Food Decisions. And I have something slightly different on the podcast for you today because right now I have a bit of tonsillitis and it's a bit painful to talk. So what I've done instead of recording a podcast episode with you today is I have shared one of our weekly focus topic calls from the Lose Weight Live Life Academy. So enjoy this episode Um, this focus topic called replay called dissecting your food decisions record now and then we are going to go ahead and get started so i knew i was missing something right dissecting your food decisions that is what we are talking about uh today and it's really um everything that we're doing this month actually so dissecting your food decisions every single decision you will make around your food will either take you closer or further away from having the weight, health or relationship with food or even the life that you want. If we keep blowing by going, going out, sometimes we can we peel back the layers to go deeper and deeper and deeper. But also what we can do is sort of blow things out the other way and sort of think about, you know, these little decisions we make around food, not only are they impacting our, our weight, um, our physical well-being, our emotional well-being as well, and how we feel about our weight, but they are impacting the relationship we have with ourselves, and then that impacts how we show up in our lives. And so they, it, these small decisions that we have around food can really affect us living the life that we want. And many of the decisions that we make every single day happen habitually without us really paying attention or even being aware of what's happening or that we're making a decision. So of course, when we think of it like that, we want to create habits of making food decisions in ways that serve us, in ways that what I like the saying, our future selves, your future self will thank you for. You want to learn and create a habit of making food decisions in a way that your future self will thank you for. And so how do you go about doing that? And that is whatever that is what we are focusing on this month inside of the Lose Weight Live Life Academy. So we're getting quite specific. We are everything that we are talking about this month inside of the academy will be topics that you have been introduced to before. But we're either going a little bit deeper or we're coming at it from a different perspective. Um, And so this is the first class in the series where we are specifically looking at food decisions and raising our awareness and understanding of them and sort of like peeling back the layers, dissecting them, however you want to think about it. And then next week, we're going to be looking at how we can reduce off plan and emotional eating by really focusing in on changing our thinking. And then the following week, we're going to look at reducing off plan and emotional eating by looking at how we allow our feelings and emotions And then in the last week of the month, we're going to look at how we can use our off plan and emotional eating to help us get our eating habits in alignment with us being the weight that we want to be, which is ultimately the goal that we're looking for here. So today we're just looking to bring more awareness to our food decisions. It's going to be things that you've heard before, but every time that you 
listen to a lesson, even if you listen to the same lesson, I was just talking to somebody else about this earlier. You listen to one of the classes inside of the academy and you listen to it four times. I promise you every single time you listen to that class, you will take away something from it because as you move forward on your food weight loss journey, you will be in a different place when you listen to that class. And so you're going to have different sort of ahas, light bulb moments. It's going to mean something entirely different. All right. So the things I want you to think about today, every single decision you make will take you closer or further away from having the weight, health, relationship with food, even living the life that you want. Every single food decision that you make, that is whether or not foods that you put in your mouth and you eat or you don't eat, what you put on your, whether you decide you're going to plan your meals or not, what you put on your plan, what you put in your shopping cart, what you decide to do with the leftovers of food, whether you put them in the bin or in your mouth, all, all of these different things. Okay. Every single little food, small food decision that you make can have a massive impact on your life. And I also want you to be aware that most of the many, many decisions you make every single day are habitual without you really paying much attention or being aware of them. They're just happening on autopilot because they've happened so many times before. All right. So let's explore some scenarios. Let's start off with a scenario. So before we talk through dissecting your food decisions, I just want to walk through this scenario with you. Actually, one thing I wanted to say before that is what is a decision? Let's just quickly look at that. What is a decision? So a decision is purely a thought that creates a feeling that fuels an action or an inaction. So when we decide to do something, it's, there's really three tiny parts to it. There's a thought that we have, the feeling it creates, and what we do or don't do as a result of that feeling. This will feel very familiar to you because it is aligned with the mindset model, where we have circumstances in our lives, and then we have thoughts about those circumstances. And what we think about those circumstances determines how we feel and how we feel will determine what we do or don't do and what we do or don't do will determine the results that we create in our lives. All right, let's explore this scenario. This would have been a very, very familiar scenario to me. So sitting at home, working desk and notice the time. And then next thing that happens is I thought this piece of work is taking me longer than I wanted it to. And then we feel unfocused or we might feel unsettled or we might feel like, you know, something's just out of alignment. So we get up from our desk, we browse the kitchen cupboard for something to eat. We maybe see some biscuits. We maybe think, oh, I'd forgotten about those, but they'll do. We feel some desire for them and we eat them. We think that tastes good and we feel some more desire and we eat some more biscuits. And then five minutes later, we're thinking, oh, I shouldn't have eaten those biscuits. They weren't on my plan. We feel disappointed or frustrated, but we're thinking, oh, I may as well have that chocolate now too, because I've already ruined the day. Feel more desire or urge for food and we eat some chocolate. Okay, really, really normal. I'm sure some of you will relate to this. I want to go through this, though, in a lot of detail to show you what is going on with the different decisions that you had to eat something in this particular scenario. Okay, so what I've got here is taking each one of those items and then labeling it, if you like, thinking about the mindset model, what is going on. So we're sitting at home working at our desk and we notice the time. And whether it's the fact that we notice the time or we get a sense that time has passed, but essentially there's some something there that is a trigger, okay? If we actually notice the time, that's a circumstance, it's something that we can't change, but something comes up that's a trigger. And so we think this piece of work is taking me longer than I wanted it to. So maybe it's three o'clock and we thought we'd be done with this by 2.30. Maybe we're feeling some pressure because some other things are building up that we're not had an opportunity to get around to next. And we have a thought Things shouldn't be as they are. And we feel something. It could be unfocused. 
It could be unsettled. It could be concerned. There's just some feeling doesn't feel right in our body. And if you once you recognize you're aware of this, I do encourage you to, if you can relate to this, if a similar situation arises for you, name the feeling, the feeling that is in your body, name it. And when we're feeling something, all of a sudden we're not focused on our work, maybe we're just distracted. What we might do is we want to sort of like move out of that uncomfortable feeling. So what many of us would do is get up from our desk, maybe wander into the kitchen, browse a cupboard. You might be looking for something to eat. It might be that we just, we go into the kitchen, we make a, a drink of herbal tea or something. Just know, just observe yourself as you go throughout your day and notice when you are doing things and you're changing behaviors and start to really pay attention to the thoughts that you have and the feelings they create that lend you, lead you to doing something different. So every time you change a behavior, be curious about what it is that has driven that behavior. All right. So we're having, so we've got our unfocused or our unsettled feeling. And then we do something, we take the action of getting up from our desk, browsing the kitchen cupboard for something to eat. Now, just let me sort of stick with those three things for a moment. Thinking this piece of work is taking me longer than I wanted it to will feel like a truth. It doesn't feel like you've decided to think that. Okay. But what I want you to know is that you do get to decide whether you believe that thought or not. Okay, and we're going to look at what we might be thinking if we didn't believe that thought a little bit in just a moment. I just want you to know that is a thought and we get to choose whether or not we believe the thoughts that we think. And then we have got to get up from the desk and browse the kitchen cupboard for something to eat, which is an action that we are taken from the feeling of unsettled, unfocused, distracted, whatever it might be. That is another decision. We took a decision to get up from the desk and browse the kitchen cupboard for something to eat. It's driven by whatever the emotion is that we're feeling, but we still get to decide whether that's something or not we do. We can decide, even though we're feeling unfocused, to continue sitting at our desk and sort of like, you know, push forward with our work, even though it may feel difficult. Then we see the biscuits and then we think I've forgotten about those. They'll do. Again, we can choose to at that point if we want to think, hang on a minute. No, I want to eat according to my food plan. We can break the decisions that we take at that point. But if we believe that thought uh, and we believe that they will do, they will give us what we want is essentially what we're saying. We're going to feel some desire for them and we're going to take a decision to eat them. Again, we could break that this cycle. We can allow ourselves to feel a desire and not take the action of eating it. So I'm just pointing out all the points where we make a decision. So we really get to look at the decision to sort of move forward with our unconscious thinking and our behaviors, our ways of being at where we have the thought or where we have the action. The natural place to think about changing our decisions around food, the place that we will tend to go to is when we are taking action, which in this circumstance is getting up and looking in the cupboards, eating some biscuits, eating some more biscuits, eating some chocolate, okay? And we would think that we could decide not to follow through with those decisions. And we would, of course, be right. All right, so I just want to bring some awareness to where these decisions are taking place. I think that's the same slide there. Okay, I just want to give you the alternative here. The alternative here is this piece of work is taking me longer than I wanted to. And all we can do, we can do if we want to is we can... Add on at the end, and that's okay. So just this piece of work is taking me longer than I wanted to, and that is okay. If we thought that, we are not going to be feeling as unsettled, as unfocused, as distracted than if we don't have that bit on the end that says, and that is okay. Because when we're thinking this piece of work is taking me longer than I wanted it to, even though we're not saying it, the unsaid bit of that thought is, 
And it's a problem. And it shouldn't be this way. It's that something has gone wrong. And it's that underlying thought that something has gone wrong that creates the negative emotion that has us be unsettled and distracted and getting up to our desk and looking for something to help ourselves feel better. But when we think that piece of work is taking me longer than I wanted it to, and that's okay, we can take a deep breath, we can feel some acceptance and we can win more relaxed and we can just carry on. We stay at our desk working. We don't eat any snack. The work gets done. We lose our weight. Our relationship with food is on track. We create more of the results that we want. Okay. That's now, if you think that the type of decision that I've shown you, the alternative for that is probably happening in your day, multiple, 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 multiple times, or at least in your week, like many, 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 many times. Okay. So this is just bringing awareness to your decision, which is what I really want you to be focusing on between watching the replay or listening to this class live and next week when we're going to go much deeper into the thinking. So I've given you a little bit of an example there of exploring the thinking, but next week we're going to go deeper and I'm going to give you a bit of a protocol for how to refocus those thoughts and be much more intentional about what you want to think instead and what you want to make your thoughts mean. But for now, I want you to really pay attention to what is going on. I want you to really observe your thinking. So especially if you find yourself eating off plan or, you know, putting things in the supermarket trolley that you like later regret or something like that. I want you to go back and do be really curious about what led to that decision happening. Micro decisions, which is what we're really talking about here, have a really big impact. You might have heard me say before that small hinges swing big doors. And this comes you know, whether we're thinking from the actions that we take, the micro habits that we want to create or change in our lives, it doesn't matter. We've got some big doors, we've got some small hinges. Small hinges have a big impact. Your micro decisions have a big impact. So it's really worthwhile going down into this detail to look at your patterns of decision making so that you can change them and get really good at being very intentional and proactive about your micro decisions. Okay. And it's not just the action that you take, as I showed you here with changing your thoughts as well. So you get to decide, first of all, whether you want to pay attention and notice and upgrade your thinking. That is the first decision that you get to take related to this work. And whether or not you decide to do it or not will will depend on how you feel and how you feel will be dependent on how you think about this. Okay. So if you think this sounds really interesting and you feel fascinated, then you're going to be much more compelled to give this a go and see the impact and the effect on it than if you are, than if you're thinking, oh, this will never work for me. It's too difficult. I don't know what I'm thinking. Blah, 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 blah. All of those things. Okay. And see the different, how the different approach is going to impact what you do and what you create. But as I said, it's not just the decisions around the actions that you take. It's the decisions around your thinking. And it's the decisions around what you do in response to your feelings as well. We didn't focus on it so much in the example, but you always have the option of allowing yourself to just feel the negative emotion and not take the action that is the sort of the natural, the habitual next step. All right. Okay. What else do I want to sort of share with you about decisions that you're making? Something else to share with you is that the more conscious decisions you make, the better. Okay. Much of what we do is, as I said before, is the outcome of unconscious decision decision making, which we might call habit. So most of us make many repeated decisions almost against our own will, oftentimes over and over and over again. For example, our decision to stay in bed and hit the snooze button, decision to grab a few chips off our partner's plate when we haven't got chips on our food plan, 
the decisions that we make about our work, what we eat, self-care, how we talk, how we plan, how we show up in our lives would all have a huge impact on, as I said before, our results and what our life ends up being like. And so this is one of the reasons why we want to really pay attention, which is what this class is all about, to all of these decisions that we're making and review them and to see which ones are working for us and which ones aren't working for us. And when we are have that awareness, then we can start to be more conscious with our decision making. Okay, if you think about it, you can completely change your life by just changing a few of the daily decisions that you make over and over and over again. Could be decisions around drinking water, around when you get out of bed, around journaling, around exercising, around how you allow, you know, manage your stress within your body or, you know, all of those different things. Okay, so I just wanted to sort of recap on that. The types of decisions, think, feel, do. I've mentioned this before. The benefit of being human is that we have the luxury of having the ability to make a decision about what we choose to think and what we choose to think will determine what we feel. And we also get to choose how we respond to how we feel. Okay, other animals can't do this. Other animals cannot um, analyze what they're thinking and decide to upgrade their thoughts. Okay, they just they just are like you've all you know if you've got. Not so much cats. I don't think cats are quite so compelled to eat. I could be wrong. I don't know. I think it depends on the cat. But certainly the dogs that we've got and the dogs that I've had, you know, will do pretty much most things for food. If they know they're going to get food, then they will, you know, pretty much do whatever you want them to within reason. So they don't have the ability to see what's going on for them. It's just a habitual response. So they're like Pavlov's, Pavlov's, Pavlov's dogs experiment. Okay. So what's the key? The secret, if you like, to getting yourself easily making food decisions that serve you. And it's quite simple. It's the key is learning to think differently, which will help you to feel differently, which will enable you to act differently. And then you just keep repeating it over and over and over again. All right. So think differently, feel differently, act differently. I've alluded that it's possible to change where you are making decisions with both your thinking, your feeling and your acting, all three of those. So You could, for example, some more examples about some decisions that you could make today or maybe tomorrow. You could think I'm going to plan a walk so that I can a walk through, sorry, of my weekend so that I can identify the food and eating obstacles so that I can put a strategy in place for them. So we've got Easter coming up, haven't we? It's a good weekend to do that one. So and and in fact, I really encourage you to do this. Think about your Easter. I put a post in the Facebook group, by the way, for those of you, if anyone wants to share what's coming up, what thoughts coming up with regards to Easter, if you want any help with that tomorrow, then do sort of post in the Facebook group and, and share that. But what do you want your four days, if you've, if you've got four days off or what, however your, whatever holidays you're doing, what do you want that time to look like? You visualize walking through it. You will see the obstacles that may appear, whether or not you've got chocolate in your house, whether you're going to be gifted Easter eggs, whether or not you're entertaining, whether or not you're being entertained and visiting people for meals. You can do a visual walkthrough of your weekend, of those few days, and proactively notice ahead of time the decisions that you are likely to be faced with making. And then you can be curious about what decisions you will make and what the thought will be that what the thought will be that will create the feeling that will lead to the action that is part of that decision. Okay. So that is something that you can decide to do. Or you could just think, oh, I'm fed up of having to put mental energy into all of this. And I'm just going to, you know, go unconscious. It's Easter, eat all the chocolate I want to eat, drink all the drink, 
whatever it is that's going on. And you could have that approach. And I want you to know there is no right or wrong way. Okay. Don't, it's not if you do one that you're a better person, you're not more worthy, you're not more right in any way at all. It's just that one way is more likely to create the results that you want on the other side of it than the other way. Okay. So it's not that you're a better person or anything like that. It's just that you're more likely to create the results that you want on the other side of it. Okay. So what decisions you might make about your feeling, you might decide to notice that you're feeling apathetic and then you feel judgment of yourself for feeling apathetic. And then you feel frustrated with yourself for feeling judgment about your apathy. Okay. So lots of decisions there about the feelings and emotions that you have, or you might decide to notice that you feel apathetic and you just allow yourself to feel that way. And there's no judgment there. And you just have compassion and curiosity. All of this tends to happen without us realizing that we have the option of deciding because it's so habitual. All right. But I promise you that you can look at this. And once you've got an awareness and it's easier to make some changes. So we got the same. That's I got a duplicate slide. They got the same wording there. What I wanted to talk to you about here. So ignore the words because they're wrong on this slide. But this sort of like spiral type effect. Okay. When we change how we're thinking, we're talking about changing our mindset. When we lead with our mindset, it also creates changes with our body physiology and our brain chemistry. Okay. So when we make positive changes, when we think differently in ways that has us feeling differently so that we eat according to our food plan or eat in alignment with the goals that we want, even though that's being driven from mindset changes, Ultimately, because we're eating different foods, those foods are going to create a different response in our body physiologically and in our brain chemistry as well. So what I'm talking about with our brain chemistry is when we eat highly refined foods, our brain releases higher concentrations of dopamine or we get a surge of dopamine. And the more that we flood our brain with dopamine, the more dopamine that our brain wants. So we feel more compelled. We feel more desire to have more of those highly refined foods. And our, our body works in a similar way. When we eat highly refined sweet foods, foods with added sugar, it creates a different hormonal response in our body because of the amount of insulin is required to deal with that sugar. And that has a knock-on effect on other hormones. And so again, we may be starting with some mindset changes, but our body will respond to those changes as well. And when our amount of dopamine in our brain is getting regulated and when our hormones are getting balanced, we're going to have less physical hunger less desire for those foods. And so it becomes easier and easier and easier. All right. And you might be familiar with it the other way as well. You might be familiar with having been on a diet and then all of a sudden you have a special evening out or you eat something that you haven't planned. And it feels like you go into that downward spiral where everything sort of snowballs and all of a sudden you feel the desire that you're not used to and you eat more of those foods. And then you start to feel not so good and you feel a bit off and then you eat more foods to feel better. And that is what we would consider to be a downwards spiral. All right. So even when we think differently and feel differently and act differently, it's coming from a mindset. But the knock on effect of that is hugely impactful. All right. So how do you go about dissecting your food decisions? First step is to bring awareness to the story that you're telling yourself. Okay. the story that you're telling yourself when you the best way to do this is to notice when you ate differently to what you planned or you ate differently to how you want to eat is to go in and look at your story. You might be familiar with the discovery worksheet. That is a worksheet that we have available that helps you with this. So the first step is bring awareness to the story that you're telling yourself. 
Notice the feelings the story creates within you, number two. Then number three, notice what you do when you feel that way. Number four, revisit the story and separate the thoughts from the facts. So we're going back to it. We're really digging deep with this work that we're doing here. So some of it will be familiar, but it might well be that you've not done it to this depth before. So once you've separated the thoughts from the facts, and we number five, take each thought and decide if it's hindering you or helping you. And then what we're going to do in the class next week is go into those thoughts in even more detail. So you are really familiar with your thoughts that hinder your weight loss efforts, hinder you having the relationship with food that you want. All right. So, but for now, bring awareness to the story you're telling yourself. So tell your story from the perspective that won out. By that, I mean, we've always got, we can always tell our story in two different ways. All of the reasons why you wanted to eat, whatever it was, and the reasons why you didn't want to. When you end up ultimately eating something different to what you planned, I want you to tell the story from that side. So if you imagine it being in a court of law, you've got the case for why you should have eaten what you ate. And you've got the case for why you shouldn't, I don't want to use the words should or shouldn't, why you, why you wanted to have what you had and why you didn't want to have what you had. So write about your unplanned eat. What were the events that led up to it? What was going on with your day? Why did you have what you had? Did you want it? How much did you want it on a scale of one to five? What did you want the food to do for you? This is helping you uncover all of your unconscious thinking that is your story behind why you ate what you ate. And I'm talking about when you ate off plan, if you had an emotional eating incident, if you overate, whatever it is. And remember, we're doing all of this not with any judgment at all. We just want to be curious. We just want to be fascinated by what is going on for us because that is going to help us make sense of it. And when we can make sense of it, then we can think, okay, this is what I always think. And some of us, many of you will have a handful of go-to thoughts that keep you eating differently to how you planned or how you want to eat. So it's not as though every single time you do this, it's going to be an entirely different set of thoughts and feelings. Many of you will have similar thoughts and feelings. It might be about treating yourself after a hard day. It might be about eating to feel better when you're tired. It might be about eating when you're bored. Whatever it is, you will have some sort of like core patterns that keep showing up over and over again. And so you you will, if you're someone who has a makes a plan and maybe eats according to the plan for three days of the week and then finds yourself off plan or eats, you know, through most of the day and then eats off plan, I really recommend that you dig deep and do this work. So once you've noticed your story, once you've answered those questions, those questions will highlight a lot of the thoughts that are coming up for you. Then I want you to notice how those thoughts had you feeling when you think those thoughts what do they create within me? For some of you, it will just be the urge or the craving or the desire. For others of you, you may have thoughts that are creating other different negative emotions that you then don't want to feel. So you have further thoughts and feelings that lead you to eating them, to try and escape you from those negative emotions, to numb you from feeling them. And it might be more of that that is going on for you. And then, of course, notice what you did when you felt that way. That's probably going to be the easy bit. What did you eat? What did you, you might have done something else. You might have distracted yourself for a bit. What happened? That's the next bit. And then I want you to revisit your story again. I want you to do a check back that when you wrote down your story, when you wrote down all of those thoughts, I want you to do a double check that you see those thoughts as thoughts and not facts. Because when we see our thoughts as facts, when we think they are truths and beliefs, we don't see them as something that is optional and something that can be changed and they keep us stuck. 
So I really want you to go through, just really notice what in your story is a fact and what in your story is a thought. And I recommend highlighting them in different colors and then revisit the emotions again and see that all of the emotions are coming from your thinking, not from the facts and circumstances over which you have no control. All right. And then it's worthwhile. I'm going to do more of this next week, really. But you might also want to tell your story from the other's perspective. So once you've got down on paper all of the reasons why you were so compelled to eat whatever it is you ate or had to drink or whatever it was that was going on for you. As I, I can remember, I just had a flashback. Last Easter, I decided to make, it's just really, really bizarre. I decided to make a Easter cheesecake, which was just full of, I think it was those, mini eggs somebody else was mentioning mini eggs the other day um what are they they are Cadbury's mini eggs aren't they and I think you like put them in and you like crunch them up with like a little hand blender with the cheese and all of this stuff and I made this it was a huge cheesecake and we had some we had family over for dinner not a huge amount of family we had family for dinner and nobody wanted this cheesecake after dinner probably because we got loads of Easter chocolate as well so of course, the only person then that's going to eat it after dinner and everyone else has gone home is me. My kid, like my, my, the rest of my family don't eat food like that. And so I'm left with this huge cheesecake. And I, ha- you know, I know I did eat, I, I think I had a piece and I had to, I, I binned it because that's what I wanted to do with it. But there was a whole story there around me thinking it was a really good idea to have this very big, very full of refined sugar cheesecake for dessert when we've got a bucket load of chocolate in the house and everybody's eating chocolate all day. Now, and I was really convinced at the time that this would be a really good idea and something that was really nice to do. And the truth was, I could see this afterwards, it was just not a good idea at all. And I, if I maybe if I'd made some like lighter dessert or a fruit dessert or something like that, people would have enjoyed that. And I wouldn't have been left with this huge, great big cheesecake that weighed a brick afterwards. Anyway, so just if I was revisiting that I had a really good story. It seemed like a really good idea at the time to make this cheesecake. But in hindsight, I could now tell you why it wasn't such a good idea to make that cheesecake, how all of the thoughts that I had were just a second thought, a set of thoughts, and how actually, instead of thinking about how it'd be a great idea to make this cheesecake, I could have thought, oh, you know, there's so much chocolate for the day. We don't need more chocolate. Everyone having a roast. Everyone's going to be really full up. If we even do need any dessert at all, because we've got so much chocolate around, we would want something that is very, very light, not overbearing, not sickly, all of these things. We get to explore what your other story is now that you have got the insight that you have got into the scenario. What would you want to remember next time? And guess what? I'm not doing a a big stodgy cheesecake on, on Sunday for Easter Sunday lunch. I have learned. And that's all we can ever do is we can learn from this occasion. And I've got something much like a pavlo. I'm not even making it myself. I'm saving the effort and energy. A very light pavlova fruit. I think it's a lemon one dish, which I think will hopefully, I'm sure we'll be eating some other chocolate counteract all of that. But it's just much lighter and it's much, I think hopefully it will work better. Anyway, it might not. I'll discover afterwards if it works or not, but we'll see. Anyway, so just tell yourself the other perspective, the other side of the story. If you hadn't been fighting to have whatever it is that you wanted to have, what would you have been saying to yourself? As I said, we're going to go into that more next week, but I think it is worth looking at. And then just a few further considerations around decision making. Always useful to check in and ask yourself, how does future you make this decision? Okay. Once you start paying attention to the decisions that you're making, once you're doing this work, you might find yourself in the moment, in real lifetime, observing your own decision making. A great question to ask yourself 
is how does future me make this decision? How does future me show up in this situation? What does she think? What does she feel? What does she do? Who, if I'm, if I'm making this decision from the place of being future me that has the relationship with Booth I want, who am I being in this situation? Notice, another one is notice if you have any FOMO, fear of missing out based decision making. Are you making any decisions? It's just one that comes up sometimes based on a fear of missing out. Are you tell your, telling yourself, and again, this is actually especially relevant going into a, a particular, I guess, season or holiday or celebration, however you want to think of Easter, where it comes up once a year. So we we're almost like telling, well, if I don't have an, an Easter egg now, then I'm going to be missing out because Easter only happens once a year. Okay, the fact that Easter egg is chocolate and chocolate is readily available on not every single street corner, but most street corners, and it's the same chocolate, it's just melted into a different shape, okay? And it's just marketing. Is that really a reason why you want to eat the chocolate or not? You get to decide there's no right or wrong here, but just know that if you're thinking about it, well, I have to eat all of these, you know, chocolatey foods now because I don't have an opportunity to eat chocolate any other time. It's just not true. So make your decision making from things that are as factual and truthful as possible. Question your default thinking. Notice when you are chasing instant gratification, when your decision making is based on it's it's normal, what we're all driven to do. It's our primal brain. It's how we are programmed to survive in the world. Just pay attention and notice when that instant gratification, the compellingness of that far outweighs your long term goals that you want. And this goes on to the fourth point, pain versus pleasure now versus later. There's we don't there's always whenever we make a decision to, I guess, not eat according to our food framework, to eat something that we is out of alignment with the results that we want to create. And we get pleasure from that in the moment. There's always going to be a knock on impact. And I'm not talking about again on the scales because it doesn't work that way. It is not linear, but there will still be when we choose to not. So we can choose to make a sacrifice in the moment when we want something, when we feel the urge, when we feel the craving, we can sacrifice in the moment the pleasure that we would get when we ate whatever it is. If we allow that discomfort to be there and experience the discomfort, which we might call the emotional pain in the moment, it's going to create pleasure later. So you, there's no escaping the fact that we are going to create some emotional discomfort for ourselves when we are eating out of alignment. We just get to decide, do I want to sort of take this discomfort now and sit with it until it passes maybe a few minutes or do I want to wait and see how it shows up later down the road when I'm not the weight that I want to be or have the relationship with food that I want just think about that a little bit when you're making your decisions okay I've got the discovery worksheet for you here this will be in with the replay it is the worksheet that I suggest you do when you eat differently to how you planned remember we're doing this worksheet from a place of compassion and curiosity without any judgment. It's just to help you understand yourself better. That is what I wanted to share with you this evening. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast and are ready to live a more intentional life, lose weight as a part of that journey and create a relationship with food and yourself that you love, then I would be honored to have you join the Lose Weight Live Life Academy membership and coach with me. The program offers different levels of support to suit you, including self-paced learning, twice-weekly calls, private coaching, an amazingly caring community, and lots more. Find out all the details about when and how you can join at www.thebestyou.coach forward slash coaching.